Hey guys, this is a very special episode here. Of course, you know, Sunday is the Battle of Ohio. And I had to scour the entire country for a Browns fan that was willing to come on the show. I couldn't find one. So I had to go over across the pond to get Sean from England from the full 10 yards. Sean, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, Jeff. Good to see you, my man. How is it? How are you? How are you over there in the uh, good old US of A? Well, good. It's it's about ten o'clock in the morning here, so I'm I'm bright eyed and bushy tailed. You know, you're you're in the middle of the afternoon there, but I see you you're uh, you're full go. You got your Browns uh, jersey on, so you're ready for uh, for Sunday already. Bring it on, my friend. Bring it on. Yeah, <laughs> be good. Be, be good to actually concentrate on some football after the week we've had in uh, Cleveland. So yeah, bring yeah. on a game. Yeah, let's let's get to that because we had some news today that uh, the Browns have released. Odell Beckham Jr. as of today. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Good, bad, don't care? Where are you at on that? Uh, probably a little bit of good and a little bit of don't care. Um, and the fact that I don't care is probably why it's good, to be honest. He's not exactly set the world alight in Cleveland. He's had, what, probably two decent games, I would say, in his three years here. Uh, the Cowboys game last year probably being his best game. Um, and possibly he's sort of returned to New York when he, he sort of um, caught a touchdown on his uh, first sort of away day with the Browns at the uh, start of the 2019 season. But it just hasn't worked, Jeff. It's just been drama after drama. There's been too many off-field issues. Um, it's obviously a shame, you know, when we traded for him, I think any Browns fan that tells you they weren't excited, he's probably lying. Um, you know, it was a <laughs> It was an it was an unbelievable trade, you know, from a for a franchise that at the time was downtrodden, had just come off the back of some pretty rough seasons, you know, one and fifteen, oh and sixteen, and you know, to two years later find, you know, let, let's face it, at the time arguably one of the top five receivers in the game. Absolutely. Um, you know, coming over, uh, you know, teaming up with Jarvis in terms of their old, you know, sort of college friendship and everything, you thought this was a match made in heaven, but it just hasn't worked at all. And uh, with the shenanigans on Tuesday with his dad and LeBron James and all the rest of it, to be honest, I'll just glad that it's put to bed. Um, we'll wait and see where he ends up now. That'll be the thing now. He'll no doubt end up somewhere and come back and bite us in the arse. But uh... <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's the scary part. That that might happen. But uh, yeah, it was kind of kind of interesting that, I mean, by uh, stats wise, Baker Mayfield has done better without him to be honest in the in, in the, the games that he's played and I, wh- why do you think that is there's two different trains of thought i think the the issue that we've got with this system and there's there's been a bit of a bit of a rumbling this week around stefan diggs wasn't necessarily happy playing in kevin stefanski's system in minnesota it's not necessarily designed for a superstar wide receiver you know it's not like That's true. you know mm-hmm. you guys now have got jamar chase and obviously you know throwing plenty of targets his direction this this offense isn't built around throwing the ball 10 15 times a game to one in, individual there's a lot of 12 and 13 personnel uh, the wide receivers are asked to do an awful lot of blocking, that kind of thing. Um, it's ski- The scheme is designed to get players open and essentially take what the defence is giving you. And unfortunately, Odell's ended up a lot of the time as a decoy. You can obviously understand from his point of view, you know, he's not happy with that. He wants a new contract. Um, he wants to get back to being that sort of 1,500-yard-a-season receiver, making the highlight real plays and, and hauling in touchdown catches. But... 
it just hasn't worked out. I think Baker Mayfield seems more comfortable without him there for whatever reason. It's really difficult to put your finger on that. I don't think there's any doubt that the guys have worked behind the scenes. You know, they've obviously got together. They've had workouts and drills with each other. Um, it just hasn't worked for whatever reason. And like you say, the stats and the sample size is big enough now to say Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback without him on the field. And long may that continue because, you know, there's only one of the two that was ever going to get another contract with the Browns and it's, it certainly wasn't going to be number 13. So hopefully we can close the book on it now and uh, Baker could hopefully get back to how he was at the back end of last season. Yeah, now that's funny you bring that up as far as the way Stefanski runs the offense. And that actually is the scary part for me going into this game uh, with the Bengals here. As you saw last week against the Jets, Mike White, who became a legend against the Bengals, um, <laughs> dinked and dunked and screened his way to 400 and something yards uh, against the Bengals. And that's exactly what the Browns offense is. I mean, that's that's what they that's what they do best. And that that's the part that does scare me about them, not – yeah, you do also have a uh, Miles Garrett. Well, we'll get to that in a minute, but that's where I think the Browns ha- are going to give the Bengals uh, some fits a little bit because it's it's happened in the past, very recently, last week. Yeah, most definitely. And if you think you look back at Baker's record against the Bengals, is he five and one? I think Baker is against the Bengals. He does seem to to play well whenever this game comes around. Uh, the game, it was around about this time last year, wasn't it? 37-34, it was a bit of a classic, the, you know, Baker and Burrow going back and forth. And, yep. you know, it was a bit of a shootout in that respect. But, yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt's a big miss in terms of the screen game. There's no doubt about that. I think, you know, I'd have been a lot more confident with Kareem Hunt in there. Um, he, he really does, you know, when they talk about a one-two punch, it's, a, it's, it's quite funny, really. Chubb doesn't seem as good when Hunt's not there. Hunt doesn't seem as good when Chubb's not there. You know, they're both obviously brilliant players, but right. they, they do work well as that tandem. So, you know, potentially a bit more Demetric Felton out at the backfield in that sort of screen game, possibly. You know you're going to get a lot of 12 and 13 personnel with the absolutely, Browns. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can get Harrison Bryant, David Ajoku um, into the game. You know, they, they could well have some success. So, should be an interesting matchup. Looking forward to it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, the key to the Bengals uh, winning this game is we, we got to stop the run game because that, that to me, that is what the Browns offense is based on. You, you They got to run the ball and the Bengals, except for last week, we're just, we're just, you know, we're just kind of forget about last week, <laughs> but it did happen. Uh, they've been very, very good at stopping the run. And we just went into Baltimore and we went into Schittsburg and beat both of them by a lot. So we have a chance of being 3-0 if we're able to beat the Browns, which, sorry, but I usually call them the clowns. <laughs> but that, I have a nickname for everybody in the AFC, AFC North. But that's, <laughs> that's to me, that's the key to the Bengals uh, hopefully getting this victory is you got to stop the run. And I'll take my chances all day long on Baker Mayfield trying to make the decisions of where to pass the ball more than him just handing it off and watching, uh, well, Chubb. Kareem, Kareem is, uh, is hurt, but watch Chubb run. Yeah, most definitely. I think it's not a great matchup for the Browns in that respect. And, you know, I think the Bengals against the runner, as you mentioned, let's ignore last week. They, you know, they've got plenty of size on the interior. DJ Reader, you know, in particular, very good against the run. And then you've got plenty of length on the outside as well. You know, Hendrickson, I think, has been, I wouldn't say surprising as much as he obviously had a great season you know, last year with the Saints. But it's always a little bit of a gamble when you pay someone so much money off the back of one good year but he's he certainly carried it over um right, you know right. and he, he's looking like a good pickup so as you say outside of last we've been very very good against the run um so yeah i mean look 
the Browns' offense is built around that run game. There is no two ways about that. You know, if it doesn't fire as it didn't fire against Pittsburgh, um, you know that they seem to sort of almost trip themselves up. To be honest, um, yeah. so and by and by the way, thank you, thank you for Larry Ogunjobi. I just want to put that out there. We 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 really are enjoying him right now. <laughs> yeah, can we swap him with Andrew Billings, who's doing absolutely nothing for the Cleveland Browns? Um, <laughs> Yeah, Larry O was. Uh, I, I really liked Larry O when he was with us. Um, he he has two or three splash plays a game. Um, you know, he's. I, I think for for what you got in terms of what you paid. Um, yeah, I think I think Larry Ogunjobi was a good pickup and one that I would have liked to have seen the Browns retain for a, a rotational piece on the line. To be honest, but um, yeah, he, he'll be obviously up for this one as well. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, this, he's got this one mark because he he wants to to prove the Browns they were wrong about him. Uh, you know, they should have signed him. And the, my, my concern is I, I think he's on a ver- he could have a Pro Bowl year this year. He's he's on the verge. We'll see how the year goes. But my concern as far as be- being a Bengals fan go is resigning him because he might not be that cheap uh, to keep him. Because I've been calling him uh, Geno Atkins 2.0 because he pretty much has plug and play and filled what Geno Atkins did for us for all these all those years. And like you said, we got DJ Reader, who we didn't get to see a whole lot last year. He got injured uh, out for the uh, – the season last year, I think after game four, but seeing those two right next to each other, that is why it is hard to run on the Bengals. And like you said, yeah. you got the H boys come around the outside. So we're, we're giving all this gushy stuff about the Bengals and how good they are. What, what, what are the keys uh, for the Browns? What, what like my, let's just put it out there. Miles Garrett. I, I'll put it out there right, right, right now. He, I, he scares me. He could get a strips uh, sack like he did last year against Burrow. He could just wreck everything. He's, I think, if not the best, one of the best defensive players in all of football. Yeah, for me, he's he's certainly the best pass rusher. I would say in in all of football. Obviously, like you say, you know, defensively, you know, you might want a different skill set as an overall player. But I think you know, as a pure pass rusher, he's certainly the best in the game. Um, he's he's had a phenomenal season. He obviously leads the league in sacks. You know, one thing that we haven't got as a defense, you mentioned there about strip sacks. You know, we're only ranked thirty first in takeaways. Um, that's been a big issue for the Browns this year. They haven't been able to force the turnover and, and obviously take the ball away and create some short fields. Um, but Miles Garrett is a is a one man wrecking ball. Um, obviously, the Bengals' offensive line always gets questioned. I actually think it's played quite well this year. Um, you know, I think Jonah Williams has played well. Um, you know, probably two or three of the guys on the offensive line are probably performing above you know expectation and, and Burrow for the most part. Has um, has been able to keep pretty clean, um, but yeah, Garrett is obviously a different proposition. Much much better defense all round with Jadavian Clowney on the other side as well. You know they work really well as a tandem and as a partnership. Um, and again, similar to what I just said in terms of the the, the Browns run game. Similarly um, for the Bengals, you know it's difficult to run on the Browns because they've got that speed and that length on the outside. Um, like I say, the issue that the Browns have had in recent weeks is the two interior guys have started to be pushed around a little bit, which they weren't at the start of the season. Malik Jackson, obviously a veteran player. Um, to be honest, he looks like he needs a bye week. <laughs> he, he looks like he could do with, uh, with with taking a blow. And then uh, Malik McDowell, you know, good story in terms of a bit of a, you know, a, rec- a recreation project, you know, but obviously out of out of prison and, you know, essentially it's his rookie season, although he's 25, you know, he's never played a down in the NFL. So, you know, he's almost sort of hit a bit of a, a rookie wall, which comes back to like, so I quite like Larry O back for a bit of depth on that line. But um, yeah, the, the Browns defense overall, you know, Garrett's obviously the spearhead. It needs to play better in the secondary. It's pretty good on first and second down. It's terrible on third and fourth down. 
Um, and if you're not creating the turnovers, obviously your third and fourth downs become your money downs. Um, it just seems that whatever the down and distance, it's third and whatever, we seem to give it up more often than not. Um, you know, which is incredibly, incredibly frustrating because, like I so said, they are very, very good on first and second down defense. So, I'd like to see the, um, the you know, the secondary playing tighter. I'd like to see more man coverage. We play too much zone for my liking. I think if we're going to play zone on Sunday, we're probably going to get torched as well. You know, there's there's plenty of options in this Bengals attack. Yes, there's a lot of focus on Jamar Chase because of the way he's, he's absolutely lit the league up. But, you know, T. Higgins is still a good option. Tyler Boyd's a good option. Um, Uzama's, you know, sort of performed quite well, I think, as well in the tight end position. So, you know, there's there's plenty of weapons to go around. And like I say, if we're going to play zone, um, it's probably a recipe for, for disaster, to be honest. So, certainly like to see some tighter coverage. But yeah, if Miles Garrett can have a day, you know, two or three sacks, you know, I'd, I'd take that. You know, obviously, oh, yeah. you'd love one of them to be a strip sack, of, of course. But, you know, if he's doing his job, you know, the one thing that we have seen from Joe Burrow at times is when he, and any quarterback's the same, but when he's pressured, sometimes there is a, sometimes a rather questionable decision or a questionable throw. And, you know, he will give you opportunities to take the ball away. Um, so it's all about can they get, uh, you know, pressure to number nine. Yeah, he's been he's been really good on on zero blitzes. Uh, Joe Burrow has Jack, Jack by Joey Burrow has been. Um, I can't I don't have the stats from it, but I know a couple weeks ago he was like number one or number two as far as uh, uh passing goes on zero blitz. But you are right, he he does his interceptions are a, a little high, but a lot of that has to do with I think he trusts his guys more than I won't say more than he should, but he trusts them a little too much sometimes saying they're, they're going to be able to make a play. And, and sometimes, sometimes they can't, but mm. uh, we're about uh, 13 minutes into this. Just uh, give everybody a little background uh, about uh, the full 10 yards and how you became a Browns fan and all that stuff. Yeah. So full 10 yards, uh, like you say, across the pond, um, we're a social enterprise now in the UK. So we actually officially sort of make any sort of revenue and income. It's all invested back into the game in the UK. Um, we, help people get into coaching. We help people get into officiating because more games in the UK get cancelled because of a lack of officials than anything else. Um, you know, it's it's obviously not like soccer, as, as you guys would call it, where you need one referee. Obviously, you know, American football requires multiple people across the field. So, yeah, we're trying our best to, to try and help as many people get into coaching and, and pay for scholarships and that type of thing for, for guys to be able to get out on the field. Uh, we produce all sorts of content, NFL, college, uh, betting, you know, big, um, big market over here now for betting on the, uh, on the American football slate. Um, so the guys, you know, have that covered and, you know, we go 365 days a year, you know, there's no off season. We, we keep uh, pounding out the content in terms of me and my Browns fandom, um, support the Browns now for ooh, 13, 14 years now, 14 years. I think it is now, um, why did I choose them? My English soccer team had Randy Lerner as their own, so it just felt like a natural thing to support the same team as he did, um, as he owned in the States. So that was my connection. And as everybody will tell you, if you speak to them, being an Aston Villa and a Cleveland Browns fan has been quite miserable for the best part of the past <laughs> decade. Um, yeah, unfortunately, so, yes. Uh, but us Bengals fans uh, feel your pain because I, I lived through the 90s and the, the lost decade was was not good and well I haven't seen a, a playoff win for the Bengals since uh I was 15. At least you guys got one last year. My son who's 21 has never seen one. But that goes with a lot of Cincinnati sports around here. The Reds haven't won a playoff series since 95 and 
the uh, basketball team always goes into the first round of the tournament. Always seems like we lose in the second round. Yada yada yada. So yeah, we we feel your pain as far as that goes. But uh, th- this year with the with the Bengals, it feels a little different for me anyway. Uh, and I always say I, I look at everything with through orange colored sunglasses. But I think I, a lot of that my excitement had to do with when they drafted jackpot Joey Burrow and my buddy Kieran who is on your podcast as well. I've been on his show a couple of times. He, he lives here in Cincinnati and he's become, he's a Patriots fan, but he's become a Bengals fan because of Joe Burrow and he's an LSU fan. And I've never seen a guy with a more of a bigger man crush than I do. than <laughs> Kieran does over, over jackpot Joey Burrow. So to me, that that's where we, we have the hope of, of things to come. Now let's let's just get into the comparison here, and and I I'm biased. I'll admit it. I think Jackpot Joey Burrow is the best quarterback in uh, the AFC North, and by the end of the season, I think he could be up there as one of the top ten, top five quarterbacks. What's your what's your thoughts on Baker Mayfield and 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 where he is on his his progression? Uh. Baker's a polarizing character. Um, he's got a, it's almost a 50-50 split in terms of Browns fans that I interact with, you know, that either love him or think that they need to move on from the guy. Um, for me, he's shown enough to believe that he can win consistently in the league. You know, his rookie season was 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 really good. Um, didn't have a great second season and then had, you know, a pretty good, you know, second half in particular of, of last season. So I think he's shown enough to believe that he's he's a guy to build around. Obviously, you know, we've got that famous jersey, haven't we, with every quarterback's name on it. And this is part of the problem. You compare him to everybody on that list and he's probably far superior to everybody on that list. Is he still good enough? That's the big question. Um I think he's hurting himself at the moment in terms of playing through his injury. You know, if he wants a contract extension, Mm -hmm. I don't think he's necessarily doing himself any favours there, apart from probably harming his value, because unless he can get the job done, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's it's not going to do him any good. But, you know, we talked at the top, didn't we, about the, you know, Baker Mayfield without Odell Beckham, you know, and is he a better quarterback? Well, he's now got nine games to prove it. Um, you know, if he can prove it, he seemed pretty good last week against the Steelers. Um, I know his final stat line was, I think it was 23 or 31. Um, but if you actually look at it, I think there were six registered drops within that uh, eight incompletions. So it would have been 29 of 31. You know, his accuracy has always been his biggest strength. At times he's been a little high this year, but how much that shoulder's bothering him and, and is affecting his mechanics, who knows? Um, but look, he's he's a guy that if he's on your team, you know, you can see why people would want to root for him. Um, and I can see why if you are against him, you probably hate the guy. Um, <laughs> you know, he took that cheap shot out of bounds last week, which wasn't called because it was, of course, Schittsburg and they never get called for these things. Ah, yes, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, took that <laughs> Took, took that late hit out of bounds last week and he popped up and, you know, sort of, you know, gave his sort of fist pump to the crowd. And, and you could feel the energy that he does bring. He, he's a leader. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, look, I want him to succeed. You know, I don't want to go back into the draft again. Um, you know, Kieran will be able to, to sort of tell me, you know, how good the quarterback class is for next year, but it doesn't sound as though it's exactly glowing. Um, you know, so for me, look, yeah. I don't think he's going to be getting anywhere near sort of Josh Allen kind of money. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near what Lamar Jackson will probably end up getting. But, you know, can we get Baker in and around that sort of 30 million-ish a year number? Possibly. And if we can, 
I think that'll be relatively decent business all around. Um, he's obviously going to have his fifth year option next year. Um, he could also be franchise tag. So there's no mega rush to, to get it sorted. Um, but obviously, you do want him to be the guy. And I think, like I said, his next nine games, well, hopefully more than nine if we obviously get to the uh, to the playoffs, but certainly the next nine regular season games without the Odell drama in the background. Hopefully he's got a chance to get back to the quarterback that he was in that rookie season and certainly the second half of last season because that's when he's played his best ball. Yeah, now let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, the – some people say that the Browns are, are a little bit of an immature team because uh, some people gave Miles Garrett crap about wearing a cape or whatever for Halloween and wearing it after after the game on on Sunday. I don't, what's your what's your thoughts on the maturity maturity of this team? I'm not too bothered what they turn up to in in terms of the game attire and all the rest of it. Look, when you've just lost to your biggest rivals, it's not a good look to then go out in your Halloween costume. You know that was a little bit that was a, that was a little bit silly. But you know, to be fair, you know I'm more bothered about the maturity in terms of the pre-snap penalties. I'm more bothered about the maturity in terms of the taunting calls, the late hits. You know, the the 15 yard penalties that you know you've just made a stop on third down and then Ronnie Harrison goes and you know clock somebody one and all of a sudden you know you you're backing up again and it's that that's frustrating we didn't get a lot of that last year you know Kevin Stefanski came in you know had a phenomenal first year as as head coach and all of that ill discipline was was not seen it's crept onto the field this year that's for me where I'm more concerned on you know I'm not overly concerned like I say around what people like I say dressing and that kind of thing um, you know, but again, you know, the, there are enough leaders within that group. Miles Garrett himself, you know, he's an exceptional leader. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, like I said earlier, is, is a leader. Jarvis Landry's sort of taken on a leadership role since he, he's been with us. Be interested to see how Jarvis reacts actually to all this Odell. Uh, yeah, that's situation. his boy, right? They're, yeah, they're, so they're, we'll, they're boys. So yeah, that'd be interesting for sure to see yeah. how that, that goes. Yeah, but um, yeah, look, there's enough leaders in the group and I think there's a good structure and front office and head coaching system now. I'm not too concerned. Like I said, for me, it's, it's clearing up those penalties on the field because they're the things that cost you in the game. Yeah, Stefanski's a little bit better coach than, uh, than Freddie Kitchens was. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think me and you are a little bit of a better coach than what Freddie Kitchens was. We, we might be, you never know. Um, but uh, yeah, now, uh, I know you, you mentioned Kieran and, and, and uh, the the quarterback's coming out or whatever. Kieran is working on, uh, along with other guys from the full 10 yards, working on a uh, draft book that you guys will be coming out. I think this will be the second one you guys will be uh, having out or coming out with. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I know here in the States, everybody eats up, you know, draft stuff. Cause they, especially if you're a team that's not in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, uh, in the playoffs, you know, like the Bengals were, you know, well, last year and the year before that, we haven't been in the playoffs in five years. We've been, we've been in, in I mean, about this time of year, we're usually going, all right, who are we going to draft? But so far this year, uh, we're not. Um, now, the thing is, if for, for me, if the Bengals come out and they, they do beat the Browns and that makes them 3 0, I think it's the first time they've been 3 0 in a division since I think 2014. I think that's right. And that last time the Bengals did that, they ended up winning the division. And for me, it, I'm not saying it closes the door and 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 makes it. Uh, it definitely makes it an easier path for the Bengals to win the division if you start out three and zero. That's that that's obvious. Um, it's still uh, it's still a chance for the Browns and 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 the Ratbirds and Squealers on them to get back into it. Maybe not the Squealers. I, I'm hoping they they stay out. But how big a game do you think this is as far as the future of the division goes uh, for this season? 
I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think it's a bigger game for the Browns to not lose than it is for the Bengals in that regard. You know, obviously, you know, the Bengals don't want to take the loss, but if they do, they're still very much in the middle of everything and still in the mix and and, and all of that kind of thing. You know, if the Browns lose this, that's 0-2 in the division and then you're at least two games out of first place and you're looking up and then you start needing favours from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's a much bigger, bigger, much bigger game for the Browns in that regard. Um, and after, after the week that they've had, like I say, just... <laughs> It could be a galvanising thing, you know, to bring the team back together. You know, that's the hope, obviously, of the of the optimistic Browns fan within me that you know the the team will really you know rally around and and put everything out there on the field. You know, they've had they've had some good performances at times, you know, but unfortunately, it's always been on one side of the ball or the other. I don't think they've yet played a complete game, and certainly not a game for sixty minutes on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, if they that, do that's that, that's what a lot of Bengals fans are, are, are saying about the Bengals. See, we we still haven't played a, a complete game yet on both sides of the ball. Right? Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you, you you're absolutely right. I think the you know the defense has had excellent games. You know, Chicago. Obviously, Justin Fields' debut. You know they they sort of harassed him all afternoon. They obviously only put um, they only let the Vikings get seven on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even last week, you know, it was only fifteen to the Steelers. It wasn't like a terrible defensive performance. But then, like I say, the offense hasn't fired. And then in other weeks, we've put up thirty against the Chiefs and lost. We put up forty-two against the Chargers and lost. So you know, it, it, there needs to be that level of consistency. Um, you know, if the Browns win this, all of a sudden the division is again right back in the mix for for anyone, and, and you wouldn't Absolutely. rule any of the four any of the four out at no. the moment. So, to, to me, the, the AFC North is the hardest division in football to win because I, I think in the AFC North they play a, a a physical, different kind of football than than they play in, in other other uh, divisions. It just to me, it's it's the best division to watch, especially when. Our teams are in it because, I mean, for how many years now, being Browns and Bengals fans, have we had to watch the Rappers and the Squealers fight it out for the division? And how nice is it that uh, we get to get to do it <laughs> for for a change? And yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I I was actually given a stat earlier from one of the uh, one of the fellas over here. He's a Bengals fan, and he actually tweeted me earlier. And I, I should have had him it. on the show too. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe you then. <laughs> Couldn't believe it when I read this, and this will probably shock yourself as well. This is the fourth occasion since the Browns came back in '99. So this is the fourth. Well, this is only the fourth time in the 51 meetings between the Bengals and Browns since '99 that both teams have been 500 or better. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's, there you go. Yeah, I I, th- I did see that from uh, I don't remember where I I read that read that from, but yeah, it's. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's going to be like that for a while. I think I, I don't think the Browns are going to go anywhere. They're too talented. I don't think the Bengals are going to go anywhere. They're too talented. I think for the next, you know, five, six years mm-hmm. at least, it, we're going to be battling out between us and, and uh, the Rappers. And hopefully the, the Squealers will just stay just stay down. Just, you know, Fed, Big Ben, just go away. Go go retire. Just go away. <laughs> Pittsburgh, you guys won way too much. Nobody needs to win it as many times as you have. Let, let somebody else do it. <laughs> but, um. So what's your what's your feeling uh, going into the game? You get you, do you ever do any score predictions or anything like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, we always do pickums and, and score picks and all of that kind of thing. I think the I think most people I speak to are almost expected to become a little bit of a shootout, similar to what it was last year. I actually think there probably won't be as many points as that. Um, you know, I think there's. 
there's good matchups on both sides here. Like I say, if the Browns can play better in that secondary, they've got the cornerbacks with the talent to to match up with wide receivers. Denzel Ward's back at practice this week, so you know, in theory, we will have Ward, Newsom, and Greedy Williams as our top three corners. Troy Hill obviously plays a lot in the slot, and you know we picked him up from the Rams. Um, you know, so there's four good corners there. John Johnson, the third, he's back in practice. He's been a disappointment, to be honest, as a free agent signing to this point. Um, but hopefully he can get in there. Um, and like you say, Miles Garrett will do what Miles Garrett does. So, you know, I, I do think that the, the Browns will be competitive in this one. Um, it's amazing, really. If, you, if you'd have said to me eight weeks ago and booked me in eight weeks ago, who'd have thought we'd have been talking about the sort of seasons that we've, we've both had to this point? Everybody probably expected the Browns to be, you know, probably six and two, something around that kind of right. mark. And, you know, most people had the Browns pinned as, as sort of favourites for the division and everyone mm-hmm. just expected the Bengals would be... In We're the, the bottom of the right. yeah, in the in the bottom, and and it obviously hasn't worked out that way. I, I'm always the most optimistic of Browns fans. Kieran will tell you that I'm always an optimist. Well, um, that, that, that's, I, that's funny you, you say that because because this was my my uh, season prediction here, and I did this in June when the 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 schedule came out. But this is this is what I had as one. Like I said, I look at everything through orange sunglasses, so I had us going eleven and six. I in the, in the division, honestly, I got a splitting with everybody. Uh, that's the way I, I thought this division would go. I didn't. I did not think. And I, the, all our get, all our wins in the division were at home. I did not think we would go to Baltimore and win. I did not think we would go to Pittsburgh and win. Those, those are two surprising things that happened to me. So I'm with you on the optimi- optimism there. But uh, I, I'm looking pretty good so far. I mean, we got another. You know, we got a lot more games to go. But we'll see see what happens. So, but yeah, I, I'm with you on the uh, the optimism o- optimistic fan part. That's me. <laughs> Yeah, no, listen, if you can't be optimistic, I mean, I was optimistic through 0-16. If you can't be optimistic, <laughs> what's, what, what's, what's, what's oh, the, wait, point, did, what's the did, point in tuning in? Did you get a, did you get a free Bud Light when you when, when they finally won one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was plenty of, there was plenty of that going on over here, yeah. Um, you, you probably had, had a, a better beer than that, though, right, instead of, instead yeah. of Bud Light. I'm a big yeah. Bud Light fan, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was, um, oh, look, they were dark days. And we're not, we're not back at those dark days. It feels a little bit like the circus has come back over the last week, 10 days, and like I said, nothing will put it right better than a win, and a big win on the road against a divisional opponent and obviously a local rival. Um, I think the game is probably going to be a field goal game either way. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't see it being a blowout one way or another. I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, I will take the Browns to win it because I am the optimist. Um, <laughs> but like I say, I think, you know, something around 27, 24, you know, I don't see it being 30, 40 points on each side of the ball. Like I say, sort of mid twenties, that kind of range. Yeah. I, th- I think our, our defenses are, are, are too good to let it, get it too much of a, a high scoring or a shootout. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, every game the Bengals have lost this year, they lost by three points. <laughs> so I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're going to lose. I think I'm obviously going to take the Bengals to win, but I, it's going to be a, a touchdown field goal game. It, it's not going to be a shootout because one, like I said, I, the teams are starting to finally double team chase a little bit, roll the safeties over, and mm-hmm. that's what happened last week, and that's where T. Higgins uh, started going off a little bit. And to me, if that actually starts happening more and more uh, to the for the Bengals, they're going to get closer to scoring uh, thirty points a game, which is kind of where I thought they'd be. Now, Joe Burrow, Jackpot Joey said in in his press conference earlier this week that he expects to score forty every game. And, mm-hmm. And I think that's that's pretty good because he, he said, well, 
if we score in every every time every possession, then yeah, like well, yeah, it's like, but nobody scores on every possession. But <laughs> it is it is a very good and that, that's about optimistic right there. That's that's Jack by Joey being optimistic. But yeah, I do think it's gonna be uh, you know a, a field goal touchdown. Um, I will give the Browns credit on this because like, at first when I was looking at this game before the season started, I said, look, I think their offensive line is better than ours. I think their defensive line is better than ours. Now I still think your offensive line is better than ours. Your defensive line, I think we're closer to to you guys than than I thought we would be at the beginning of the season because our defense had other than last week <laughs> has <laughs> has been very very surprising as, as good as they've played. I mean they. For the first, let's be honest, for the first three or four games, the defense led the team. Our offense was still, you know, trying to get its legs under, which our offense still hasn't, in my mind, hit the stride that they can because it's been a lot of stuff to to Jamar Chase, not as much to T. Higgins or or uh, Tyler Boyd. Those guys, I think, are still going to get going. But that's where I give you guys the 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 – the, the head there as far as the offensive line. I still think you guys have a very good offensive line. And this is going to be a big uh, task for the Bengals front four to try to get to Baker. And uh, the running game, I think we can stop. But trying to get to Baker, that might be a different story. Yeah, I think that the offensive line, it struggled in terms of keeping healthy. That's the problem that we've had on the offensive line. The actual starting five unit haven't completed a full game together. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't complete a full game this week because Jack Conklin's obviously out with a dislocated elbow. Um, so Blake Blake Hans will get the uh, the start at at right tackle. And to be fair to Blake Hans, he's played what you would expect from the fourth lineman on your depth chart. You know he's been average at best, but you know he's done a, a reasonable job. Um, you know it was a big loss for us with Chris Hubbard went out for the season um, as the backup tackle. Um, and it's just been a position that we've really struggled, like I say, from a health perspective there. I think, like, you know, you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the defensive line. Certainly on the edges, I think the Browns have got the edge there, you know, in terms of Garrett and Clowney. But you, know, you could probably say that against most right, teams yeah. in, in in the league, you know. They're, yeah, they're that, that's, two... that's not a stretch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. pretty good, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're two number one overall picks. And, you know, like I said, they're playing very, very well together. The interior is the issue, as we discussed mm-hmm. earlier. So I, I do think it's, like I say, nobody would have said eight weeks ago we'd have been talking about a game that is probably a coin flip and... And that type of thing, you know, but that that's what it exactly feels like that it is. So yeah, it's Joe Mixon always plays well against the Browns as well, you know. So yeah, you mentioned yeah, all the, the I was gonna say hopefully we'll get him going because uh last week he didn't do a whole lot during against the Jets, and then I watched the uh, Colts run all over the Jets uh last mm-hmm. night on uh, Thursday night football, and I'm like, why the hell couldn't Joe Mixon do that? So yeah, but that 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 is true and and this is kind of reminded me of of the Bengals Browns games back in the eighties when both teams were good uh, all the most of the time. The Bengals weren't good every time, but the, most of the time they were they were good. The Browns were good a lot in the eighties, and it was always a battle. It was always like I said, it's coin flip game. It, it was always big and, and rough, rough and tumble. To me, though, the I, my hatred toward the Browns has has lessened over the years, mostly because. The team left and went to to Baltimore, so that's the, which I can't stand. The I can't stand the Ravens. I can't stand. This, I can't stand the Browns. Don't get me wrong, but I, they're they're a little they're they're a little lower on the on the totem pole for me compared to what they used to be when I was a kid. But um, it, it's it is gonna be a lot of fun to watch this. I I I told Browns fans this last year that I was rooting for them as far as the playoff uh, win goes. I was glad they got them. now multiple rounds have thrown it in my face <laughs> that they've gotten a playoff win. And we haven't got one in 20 something years. Uh, yeah, I know. But these games, 
are going to mean a lot. And this could come down to determining the the division of, of who, who who gets up. Because I really think like I said, we said this earlier in the broadcast, I think it's going to be between the Bengals, Browns, and the Rappers. And it, it's it, it's just, I, I like it that the Browns and the Bengals are are back, you know, and, and these games mean something. They're, they're fun yeah. when they mean something. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And I think that, you know, take the division to one side for a second as well. You just look at this AFC conference and it's, it's so congested, isn't it? You know, I think, is it, is it just the, uh, is it just the bills now and the Titans? I think that have got six wins and then everybody else is, well, is sort of five at best. Yeah, um, the Titans are out. Uh, Henry's out for the Titans. So that's yeah. going to hurt them too. So that opens the door for, for us. Yeah, and and with this and with this seventeen game season, I don't think anyone's quite sure what do you need for a wild card. Are you going to sneak in with nine and eight? Probably not. Ten and ten and seven, possibly. Like I said, particularly with how congested it is, and and that's the thing for the Browns. It's 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 a huge game in that regard because if you look at the games that they've actually lost this year, they've lost to the Chiefs, AFC. They've lost to the Chargers, AFC. They've lost to the Steelers. AFC, you know, they, they really, really need to start winning within the division because when it comes down to those tiebreakers at the end, the Browns are in a really, you know, sticky situation at the moment. Right. So they need to, you know, take care of their own business. And like you say, if they can find a way to win the division, that's obviously going to be the safest path through. Because um, like I say, otherwise <laughs> these these tiebreakers aren't looking too favourable as things stand. Exactly. Now, again, just to let everybody know, we're with Sean from the full 10 yards. What's the uh, daily podcast, or isn't that daily? What's the weekly podcast that you, you do? You do one or do you multiple uh, podcasts? Yeah, the brand do multiple ones. So we do a, a weekly NFL one where we sort of wrap up all of the, the week's coverage and, and look ahead to the week uh, week coming. We um, sort of uh, do that Tuesdays. Uh, that goes out live um, probably about 3 Eastern time for anyone in the States wanting to tune in, um, about 8 p.m., UK time, um, but we do podcasts from the college guys as well. So looking at all the college football action, like I said earlier, we've got betting as well. Um, so we usually leave that till towards the weekend once the lines have been established and, and get people the uh, the best bits of advice that we can for them to to win a few uh, few bets um, while they're watching the game on a Sunday. So yeah, it's uh, pretty full on, three or four podcasts a week across the brand and obviously the website all the time, full10yards.com, plenty of articles and all that kind of stuff goes up on there as well. I, I, absolutely. And, and I know there's uh, people are betters here in, in, uh, in the States. They definitely got to figure out the, the line there. Actually, speaking of that, what is the line for the Browns-Bengals game? Do you even know? I believe it's the Bengals favored by two and a half. Oh, it's two and a half now. Yeah. Like it's the last time I heard, I thought it was three. So it's dropped down to two and a half, which that kind of just goes to what we're saying. It's, it's going to come, it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down who, who makes the, the least amount of mistakes. I think now yeah. you, you brought up injuries uh, with the Browns. They have had multiple injuries this year. Um, how healthy are they going into this game right now? It's probably as healthy as they've been for a while, you know, but they're still obviously missing some key pieces. You know, uh, Jeremiah Rousseau-Koromoa, who was having a really good rookie campaign, um, he's still on IR, so he won't be around. Kareem Hunt, as we mentioned earlier, obviously on IR. Uh, Jack Conklin's definitely missing this one. I don't think he's actually been placed on IR yet, but he's, he's definitely not playing this week with his dislocated elbow. Uh, Nick Chubb came back for the first game that he had had. He'd missed the previous two um, with a calf injury, but he was back last week. Didn't necessarily look himself, being honest, but um, like I say, to be fair to the Steelers, they actually played the run quite well, which pains me to say it, but they did actually play the run quite well. You don't want to give them any credit, well. Sean. Come on. No, I know. I know. <laughs> um, 
obviously the big the big ones Baker's shoulder. Everyone's obviously right. aware of that situation, but he certainly looked a lot better last week after sitting out the Thursday night game against the Broncos the week prior. Um, you know, but overall, like I said, Denzel Ward back in practice this week. Donovan Peoples Jones back in practice th- this week, which will be important, particularly with the release of OBJ. Um, you know, DPJ has actually been a, a pretty decent weapon so far throughout the course of this year. So the health is improving. You know, they they definitely still need to get a few pieces back. Um, the worrying thing is injuries happen to every franchise, and. Mm-hmm. It's always that next man up mentality and, you know, some of the Browns next men up haven't really stepped up. That's been the problem, you know, that that's why they're at four and four and not sort of that sort of six and two or even five and three mark. You know, there's been too many, too many mistakes. There's been too many penalties, as we talked about earlier. Um, you know, so the guys that are on the field, they just, you know, they need to step up. So certainly from a health perspective, it's an improving picture at least. Yeah, now you talk about when they're they're uh, injured and you're out your running backs and you're out your quarterback, and that was the Monday night game. I think it was Monday night game against uh, Denver. Was that Monday night game or that Thursday night game? Thursday night, Thursday. Thursday night game against Denver. And I I thought for sure, I was like, man, I, I think Denver is going to be all over this. But the Browns ran, ran the ball just like Kareem Hunt and, and Chubb were there. It was, it was uh, I was very <laughs> impressed with them. I'm like, oh, crap, that's not good <laughs> as far as the Bengals go. And it, what's the talk? Is there any talk going on in Cleveland that Baker should sit and and, and let uh, Case Keenum uh, play because he did so good in that one start? Look, we said earlier, I think there's always going to be the a portion of the fan base that that have made the mind up that Baker isn't the guy, and you will find people that that want to go that way. I think anybody that watched the game, yeah, look, Case managed the game, which is what you'd expect your backup quarterback to do. But you know, he certainly hasn't got the ability that Baker's got. He can't make all the throws that Baker can make. You know, Baker's got a cannon of an arm. Um, you know, Case Keenum struggled to throw anything more than five yards down the field, basically. Um, you know, so here's Mike me, White. <laughs> <laughs> for me, you know, for me, there's no comparison. I mean, you know, Case Keenum, like I say, can he come in and win games? Yes. Is he going to take you to the playoffs? You know, everybody bangs on about Case Keenum in 2017. It's like, guys, it's 2021. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's not the same guy. Um, you know, he was terrible at Washington. He was terrible at Denver. Um, he, he he is what he is. You know, he's a, he's a well-paid backup, and he came in, and he did what he's, a well-paid yeah, backup Yeah, he's a decent do. backup quarterback. That, that's where yeah. he's at. He's, yeah. he's not a starting quarterback. And that's where, yeah. I, I you know, I, I think Baker is definitely the better of the two quarterbacks. Um, like I said, I'm not a big Baker. Which actually, it's funny. I was a kind of a big Baker fan uh, when he was at Oklahoma, but as soon as he got that orange or brown on him, it just made me not like him anymore. <laughs> so, but uh, now get, uh, let me see if I get this right. That the Baker had, is suffering. He had a, a separated shoulder, and I think he broke a bone in his in his arm as well. Is that is that the injury? Yeah, so it's a torn labrum. Um, that's why the shoulder keeps popping in and out. But yeah, apparently he's also dealt dealing with a fracture um, in that shoulder as well. So yeah, I mean it's phenomenal really that he's even playing. To be honest, yeah, yeah um, I mean one hit and he could be done. Yeah. You know, he hits that that shoulder the right way, then he could be yeah. out for the year. Yeah, no, absolutely, and and you know that's what we said earlier about his contract, and you know is he doing himself any harm? You know, there's there's a school of thought that maybe the best thing he should do is take his surgery now, and you know basically say, well, you've got 50 games of tape on me, and you know make your decision from that. You know, if he's going to put eight or nine duds out for the next you know couple of months, he's not going to do himself any good. But obviously, he's a fighter. Um, you know, he obviously wants to win. Um, you know, and I suppose. 
his viewpoint will be, well, if I can take this team to the playoffs again, that will be two playoff campaigns on his resume. And, and look, I, I honestly don't think it's even a question. I think the Browns and Baker are going to come to a deal. It's just a question of whatever the number is. But I don't think there's any way whatsoever that Baker Mayfield's not signing his next contract with the Cleveland Browns, you know, whether it's oh, yeah. this year or, or not. Yeah, I agree with him that because I, I kind of look at it like this a lot. And this is what I always said when we went on our five-year playoff run and Andy Dalton was our quarterback. Everybody kept saying, we're a quarterback away. We're a quarterback away. I was like, okay, great. Who are you going to get? You know, that, yeah. that's the thing. He's like, we're going to the playoffs every year. Yes, we're losing, but we're going to the playoffs every year. We're not picking high enough to get a quarterback. Yeah. It's not like they have, you know, free agent quarterbacks, you know, on trees out there that you can get. That's where I was like, who are you going to get? So, yeah, absolutely. I think Baker is definitely going to be signed for, with the Browns again. And, 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 and like we said, the quarterback class coming out is not that not that big. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be – you got Ritter coming out of Cincinnati. Um, well, I would say rather out, out of Oklahoma, but he's kind of – he's not even playing now. So, there's a couple guys that are in the lower-level schools that I think are, are – some of the guys are pretty high up on. But there really isn't a big quarterback class. So, yes, I absolutely think uh, Baker Mayfield will get re-signed with the Browns and that, that's kind of another thing where I, I've kind of the stuff that, that I'm hearing you say and the stuff that I've seen myself in the Browns, they remind me a lot of the, the bank past Bengals teams that we, <laughs> now you won a playoff game. We didn't, but the, the infighting, the, the stupid penalties, the, you know, the quarterback isn't, isn't up to snow, yada, yada, yada. It sounds so much like my, the Bengals of the past. So yeah. if that's true, I'm sorry. I'll just, Bless you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly frustrating because, like you say, you came off the back of last season and, you know, you, you're so optimistic at the start of the campaign and everyone's on the hype train and, you know, everyone saw, you know, oh, you just brought in John Johnson the third. I think most people would have said was one of the best free agency acquisitions. You bring in Jezevian Clowney, who's been, you know, he's done his job, to be fair to him. He's played phenomenally well. And, Absolutely. you know, all the all these pieces that you added to the defense and you thought, well, you're bringing the whole offense back and it just it just hasn't worked to this point. So, like I say, it's got to start somewhere. So, you know, fingers crossed from our perspective, it starts Sunday. Exactly. Now, um, I speak of Jezevian Clowney, I, he's only got a one-year deal. Am I, am I correct on that? Yeah, yeah. Now, I know he's been looking for his big monster deal. And this has been his best uh, year probably ever he's had. But also, I think has that helps that Miles Garrett, he's teammates with Miles Garrett. I'm wondering, if I see that, I, I wonder how many NFL teams see that. I, I still don't think he's going to get the big monster contract that he wants. I think he, well, just like, it's not any different than anybody else. Everybody needs a, another, you know, help, someone to help them on the line. I don't know if anybody's going to give, give him that big contract that he wants. Do you think there's a chance that he might come back with the Browns because of the su success he's had? I think there's every chance that he does. I think the Browns are going to save some money in other areas as well. I think, you know, obviously OBJ's gone now. That's sort of 15 million in cap saving, you know, assuming that he gets picked up somewhere. Um, I think Jarvis Landry's on his last year. You know, there's no guaranteed money on Jarvis's contract. You know, we've got 30 million tied up in those two receivers. And, you know, like I said, the system doesn't really favour itself to wide receivers. So I think they'll get cheaper there. Um, and I think the way that the roster is being constructed, they value pass rush, they mm -hmm. value secondary, um, and they value offensive line. That's really where I think most of the money for the Browns will go. 
I wouldn't at all be surprised. I don't think it's going to be a monster number because I think he's obviously getting on in age. And I also think that although, yes, he has played phenomenally well, he essentially isn't really practicing most weeks. You know, he's always on the injury report. <laughs> he's, he's always either a DNP or he's limited. So, so you're um, saying he, he's, uh, he's Ben, ben Roethlisberger of the, of the <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, he, look, he's, he's doing his job on Sunday. That's that's obviously what you want right. more than anything. But I do think there are still some lingering injury concerns that don't seem to go away. Um, and look, you, you can't pay everybody. You know, they've right. obviously got Miles Garrett on a monster deal and, and worth every every dollar of it but obviously you know i don't see them committing huge figures but like i say with that being said if you remember the browns were apparently in play for jj Watt before he went to arizona so i do think that if the right player is there and it may well be clearly based on his play this year I, I, I do see andrew berry will go and splash some more cash in the in the defensive line so i think you know if clearly wants a big contract i think the browns is probably his best opportunity to get one it might be. Now, I'll be interested. We talk about Miles My- Garrett a lot here on the show because, I mean, he's a big part of the team and he's, I mean, he's the best player on your team, I think. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see, and I'm very curious where they play him at because we have a, a rookie at guard in Jackson Carmen. And Jonah Williams actually has done very, very good this year uh, yeah. as far as uh, left tackle goes. So I'm one, I'm, would not be surprised at all if they move him on the inside, inside to try to pass for us that way. To me, that actually, I would almost prefer, I don't want to say prefer that, but I'm not as scared if they do that because it, it's easier to double team him and stuff for, if he's on the inside instead of the outside. What's your thoughts on where you think they might uh, try to move Garrett and attack the Bengals on Sunday? Yeah, he hasn't actually moved around on the line an awful lot this year, which has been a little bit of a surprise. He seems to have moved more in previous campaigns. You know, he, he generally is lining up on that right side against the left tackle. Um, you know, that that generally is where he's been. Yeah, there might be the odd one from the left side, but I don't I don't remember him actually lining up in the interior hardly at all um, this this season. Yeah, I mean, he certainly has done in the past. Um, you know, but he's, he's obviously, like I say, he's leading the league in sacks. So it's not that it's not working from from where he is. Um, look, I'm, I'm sure we're all the same. I scream at the officials every Sunday that I feel like he's being held on every play. And I think there's there's plenty of calls that, you know, he could have had that he hasn't had, um, you know, and that type of thing. So, look, he's, he's phenomenal at what he does. I, I agree with you. I think Jonah Williams has played well this year, um, you know, and... and to be honest, I'm I'm really glad for for the Bengals that he has because obviously the the draft selection of Chase was that polarizing choice mm-hmm. between the tackle and Chase. I always thought that Chase was the right pick. Um, Absolutely, you know, and you know, thankfully the offensive line has done its part to to sort of make that um, a reality. So it's certainly his biggest test of the season, though. You know, he's not going to you know he's got Miles Garrett twice a year, hasn't he? And it's going right. to be his two his two biggest games. So. Yeah, um, I see Garrett lining up on that right side, clearly from the left, and like I say, it'll be the the, the interior guys that um, I'd like to see a bit more from. Yeah, now honestly, I, I might be jinxing the Bengals, but I, I'll be okay with that because uh, like, uh, good, how good uh, just uh, Jared Williams has played, and because we do have a rookie at guard, and Trey Hopkins, our center, is still recovering from a, a knee injury that he, he got at the very the second half of the last game of the season last year. Mm. So you talk about the, you know, Garrett doesn't practice a lot. Well, Trey Hopkins has, hasn't practiced. He gets every Wednesday off because it's, he's yeah. going to rest that knee to try to get it better. So that is like the interior of our offensive line is, is the scary part for us Bengals fans uh, that that's the part we need to improve upon. Now, Quentin Spain has been a godsend. He, he has played 
tremendous. Again, we're not going to talk about last week, <laughs> but the the but in general, it's our offense line. We got we got a really good guard. Our two tackles have been really good. It's it's our, our rookie tackle and our center are the ones that are kind of iffy on on us. So that's where the weakness, I guess, that the Browns can attack uh, for the yeah. Bengals. Where do you think the weakness of the offensive line is for the for the Bengals? I know you said said uh, one of the guys is not uh, not playing. Yeah, the the right side for the Browns is where the the, the sort of weakness is. That's going to be Blake Hans that mans that position this week. He, he like I say, he's done reasonably well. I mean, uh, you know. I always take a PFF grade with a little bit of a pinch of salt, if I'm honest. But, you know, from a PFF perspective, he's he sort of, a, like I say, bang average, which is what you'd expect. He was the fourth tackle on the depth chart going into the season. Um, the problem we have is if he goes out or if, um, you know, Jedrick Wills on the other side goes out, the backup tackle then becomes James Hudson, who you may well have seen playing his college ball at Cincinnati last year. Yep. I wanted um, the Bengals and- to draft him and the, and the Browns stole him. <laughs> Well, he he's extremely raw, uh, mm-hmm. is what I would say. Um, I think the Browns' intention was to essentially stash him for the year. Right. Um, but because of injuries, he's been thrust into playing, and at times he has been a bit of a turnstile out there at tackle. Um, you know, he's got a lot of development that he needs to do. He's obviously, you know, a big dude. You know, he's he's got the body, um, you know, to play the position. Uh, but obviously, I think they would have ideally liked, you know, a year in uh, in Bill Callahan's tutelage to to bring him up to speed. He's been thrust in at the deep end, essentially, and unfortunately, he's been found wanting. So, Blake Hansel get the start. Obviously, I think you know most people all know that you know the the sort of interior is pretty solid with Wyatt Teller, um, JC Tre- uh, Joel Batonio, who again he's having another phenomenal season. Um, and like I said, Jed Wills on the left side, who's, who's come back from missing a few games injured. You know, he didn't actually complete one of the first six games. Um, and then he sat for for two um, and now he's sort of back to full health. So, yeah, right hand side is, is where the uh, the issues could be. Yeah, exactly. So we've been on for almost an hour. I appreciate you coming on, Sean. Um, I have a question real quick. What time a day is it when these games play? Do you actually get to watch them live or do you guys have to watch them recorded or how do you do that? Yeah, so we watch them live um, six o'clock um, in the evening, Sunday. So that's like your one o'clock ah, slate, okay. if you like. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's always quite nice. And being obviously an East Coast team, um, you know, generally that's the time that um, that we that we kick. Um, obviously, the West Coast teams generally are sort of 9.15, 9.25 in the evening. Um, so, again, you, you sort of just after midnight in terms of the, the second slate of games finishing. Obviously, your primetime games are, are problematic. <laughs> yeah, um, you kind of watch those. Yeah, prime time's problematic because it's like one fifteen in the morning. Um, so you know, if it's your own team, I can only speak for myself. I always, you know, try and book the day off work so I'm, you know, able to Absolutely. sort of get up and watch it live. Um, but look, the, the, there is a mad, mad passionate fan base in the UK for NFL. There will be people that watch every single one of these games. Um, you know, the the passion is unbelievable. I went down to the Tottenham game um, a couple of weeks ago, the Jags and and um, the Dolphins. Um, you know, and look, we, I don't know what we did to deserve the games we had this year, but boy, did we have some stinkers. Yeah, we had some stinkers. But look, it, it just goes to show it doesn't matter who they send over. We would sell that stadium out a million times over. Right. Um, you know, huge passion for it. You know, we, we're proud to play our little part in terms of growing the game at the full 10 yards in terms of what we do. Um, but obviously, like I said, just, you know, massive, massive community that, that really do love the NFL. Um, 
However, we don't want a London franchise. Just keep sending all of the uh, the American <laughs> See, teams over. I don't, I, I'm glad you said that because I don't know how that would work. I mean, that would be so – once a week, one team would have to fly over there or every other week, however they do the schedule. And then your team would have to fly all the way over here. That would just be so hard on the players, you know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think it's hard now is what they do on the players, but I don't know. I just – I, I, I'm not for having a, a team in London. I think just keep doing what they're doing. Hell, they're talking about uh, playing some games in Germany now too. So, well, <laughs> I, I said, I, I said to some of the guys the other day, I think the the expansion to 17 games is almost to open up that international market. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to keep persevering with nine home games one year and then eight the following year. I think it will just become eight home, eight away, and one at a neutral venue for every team in the league. Um, you know. Yeah, I think like that, you said to be Germany, London, Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure the NFL will want to tap into the Asian market. So you know, it, it's obviously look, it's a global game. It's growing massively. Um, so yeah, that, that's a conversation absolutely. for another day. That we could go another hour talking about uh, <laughs> exactly. the NFL international. Well, one of these days, I, Kieran's gonna since he lives here in Cincinnati, he, he's gonna he says he's gonna get me at a pub. We're gonna watch some some uh, as I we call it soccer. You know, because uh, I know nothing. We we have we actually have a professional soccer team here in in Cincinnati. Now it's nowhere close to the kind of soccer you guys have over there. It's MLS, and I I mean my kids played soccer, but I really don't know anything about it to be, to be honest. So he's got he's got to educate me on that. I say, but Sean, I appreciate you coming on again. Tell everybody again about your your podcast, your Twitter account, all that stuff. Yeah, so find us at uh, full10yards.com. That's the website. You'll get all of our written articles and the stuff that the guys produce. Podcasts throughout the week, like I say, NFL, college, betting, all sorts of stuff. You can find us on Twitter at full10yards is the main handle, um, at full10yards CFB for the college guys. And if anyone wants to chat Browns or anything else with me, it's at Sean underscore F10Y. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a pleasure. No problem. Thanks for coming on, Sean. Go Bengals.